0: About to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles, go to 1 Kings 19. All right, First Kings chapter 19, are you there? Look at verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and whitheral how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and became to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Whether you know it or not, in the world today there's an attack on the family. Through commercials, through whatever can come, there's an attack on the family. Basically, there's one commercial I'll tell you, I just can't even stand. It's where a woman's actually sitting on the couch with a cat on her shoulder, and basically her little child cries out, I'm hurt, mommy. He said, get a band-aid. And the little kid says, I'm bleeding, Mommy. She says, get two Band-Aids. Then she takes her little cat, and she feeds her cat some of the best cat food you can possibly do. How many know that's an attack on the family? Come on, there's commercials there of one insurance thing that basically makes fun of you becoming like your parents. If you ain't careful, you become like your parents. Well, if your parents were good, there's nothing wrong with that. And if not, then it'll be all right. But here in Jezebel, it's talking about a man of God by the name of Elijah. And Elijah was a man of God, and Jezebel was going along killing all the men of God at that time, who were prophets at that time. So she told him that basically, I'm coming after you, and I get there, I'm going to kill you just like I did the other." And notice what he did. He ran. say he ran. he ran. There's a Jezebel spirit in the world right now in the land today. There's an attack on manhood, mankind, basically, who is the head, who is the leader. There's commercials. Most of them portray a man now as being stupid, of being an idiot of being outdated. TV shows show the father, the man of his house is lazy. Old school, bad role models and basically getting no respect anymore. Sports talk shows now, most of them for a leader of the conversation is a woman and they interview the men as co-hosts who might have opinion that really doesn't make any difference anyway because they're just co-hosts. So things are changing and they're trying to change the way that we think. They're trying to put people, the top lawyer in most shows are women. The top detective in most shows, they're women. It's now Madam Secretary. It's no longer Mr. President. Why is that? Because in an attack on the men on their minds to keep them from thinking like a man should think. Some men have even been overcome to a place to where they're starting to act like women. Some are getting married to another man and calling themselves Wives. Why is this? Because there's an attack on the mind of mankind to keep man from elevating to the position that God wants him to. Single women really no longer look for a man. Why? They can support themselves. They've got it all under control. Who wants another problem to have a man? That's the attitude that's been given out. That's what's trying to be portrayed. That's what's going on. And basically to do that, we need to protect our manhood. We need to understand who we are and what we need to do. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. What I'm telling you today is going to be directed at the men, but it's also directed at the women. Yes. can be directed either way depending on how you want to take it. So don't check out and say, oh, that's for the men, because, oh, no, that's for you also, praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Look at verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. When did you become a man? When. Say when. When. Notice there's two stages of when here. When you were a child and when you became a man. Two different whens. I want to talk about when this morning. Every human being must go through a when experience. You cannot remain a child all of your life. You have to graduate from when you were a child and become when you were an adult. And since we're in the Bible, it's talking about basically something spiritual here. Say spiritual here. here. So an attempt basically to go from boyhood to manhood, there will be resistance that comes in your life because the enemy does not want you to go from boyhood to manhood. He doesn't want you to have a when experience. He's not interested in you growing in spiritual things, whether you're a man or a woman. So basically, you can remain a child your whole life spiritually. You can be a child at 20, you can be a child at 40, you can be a child at 80, still a child. You may not look like one, but you can still be a child. We've been held captives by old habits, been captives by old thoughts, bad examples in our life. We've come to a place as men and women where we're confused about who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And because we do not advance out of our childish immaturity, we remain the same. And as long as we remain the same, we're wasting our life and we're wasting our time. I go back to New Washington time when we first moved down here and 30 years later I'd see some of my old friends and the same old friends were the same as they were when I left. They're still in the bar every night drinking, they're still out every night drinking, they're still chasing women around, they're still doing all those things that they used to do. The only difference is now they're not 22, they're 64, (laughs) yet they're still doing the same thing. Why? Because they've not had the win experience to become an actual man, they are still living like a boy in a man's body. Our own dads, when we were growing up, I'd watch my dad, he'd get up early, he'd go off to work, he'd work 10 hours, he would come home, he would eat supper, he would news- read the newspaper, and he'd go back to bed. And the next day, you know what he did? He got up. He went to work 10 hours. He came home at night. He ate supper. He ate the news- read the newspaper, and he went to bed that night. Basically, from a childhood standpoint, I didn't see any reason to go through a when experience. If that was my future, if that's what I was going to do when I became a man, I'd just soon be a fruitless, worthless 23-year-old. At least I was having some fun out there when I was doing things. But his life was basically the same over and over and over and over again. But when you check out women, they're different. Women seem to know sort of when they have a when experience. In other words, a young girl starts filling out. A young girl has a period. And all at once, her wedding experience is here. You are now a lady. You have become a lady. Uh, I think the Jewish people do what? Do they do a bar mitzvah? And that's to declare that you are now a man. You went from boyhood to manhood. But it doesn't matter how many bar mitzvahs you have. It doesn't matter how you fill out or how many periods you have. That does not make you a woman, and it does not make you a man. You can still be a boy, and you can still be a girl in these things. And as I watched the women when I was younger, I saw that women were enjoying themselves, my gosh, they were running to this party for cosmetics. They were getting their nails done. They were getting their feet done. They're getting their eyelashes all filled out and real nice. They wore the perfect matching clothes, blue, 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 blue purse, blue everything. They just looked like they were enjoying life, whereas a man, I just dress however I want to dress, unless my wife dresses me. Come on now. I put on whatever I want to put on. I wear whatever, just doll old me. But it looked like the women were enjoying their womenhood. They'd have parties, jewelry parties, and they all get together, pep Tupperware parties, all these things that they would have. But as men, basically, we never had a now experience. We never went through the when experience. We didn't know when that when experience would come. When do I leave childhood, and when do I become a man spiritually? So most of the time, we deal with the world's opinion of when we leave childhood and become a man. When does that take place? When does my take place? Well, the first time I had a bottle of beer then I became a man. Praise God. Hallelujah. No, it's when I stayed all night out with the guys, and we stayed out all night and partied all night. That made me a man. No, it's when I went to college. No, it's when I got married. No, it's when I had my first kid. No, it's when I could grow a beard. That's when I became a man. So basically, we've got all these opinions of when we actually become a man. Do we move into manhood through the evidence of worldly traits? I can now belch louder than everybody else. Come on, I can chase females better than anybody else. Have I bought a convertible? Does that make me a man? Is my voice not squeaking anymore? It's now turned this and now I've become a man. Is that it? We can remain a child our whole life if we don't know how to go from the when into the position of when we are now a man. Half of us will have a when and not even know when we had the when because we have no idea what it means basically to go from one realm to the other realm. So basically we stay the same. We live in the same old rut, year after year after year. We live as a boy stuck inside of a man's body, still throwing tantrums, still closed up. We don't really want anybody to know who we really are. This, this midlife thing or this early thing that needs to take place for women, later on in life, it's called menopause. That hit somebody, praise God. hallelujah. <laughs> for a man, it's called a midlife crisis it's about how many muscles we have it's not about how what we drive it's not about any of those things but in this verse here it says it's how we talk it's how we think and how we understand spiritually that takes us through our when from a child and we have to basically refuse the things that continue to hold us back basically our excuses well i'm black well i'm white well i'm too old well i'm too young to do that well i went through a bad divorce well i have a poor family but then we see rich CEOs, we see successful people in the world's eyes, men out there also getting divorced, falling apart, drinking, smoking, doing drugs. Why is that? Because age does not make you a man. The change on the inside of you makes you a man. You will never become who you were created to be unless you get free of who you used to be. Man or woman, you will never become who you were created to be unless you get free from who you used to be. The biggest enemy in my life, I found out, was not the economy. It was not my spouse. It was not my kids. It was me. The biggest enemy in my life was myself. I wanted to hide things. I wanted to hide old wounds that I had. I wanted to hide old sores that I had until one day they got to a point where they started to manifest. And all at once what I tried to hide down in there came out. And what came out I didn't like very good. I never thought I would get this angry. I never thought I would go out and have an affair. I never thought that my wife would leave me. I never thought, basically, that I'd be in the same place that I am right now, 40 years later, the same person in the same place. Your when experience will change. It'll make a difference. Your when experience depends on the Word of God and the Spirit of God. It depends on God changing you on the inside. If you don't have a when experience, you will stay the same. You will always be there. The one experience I found out is not a time. It's not an event. It's not even when you get married or have kids. It's not a period. It's not a bar mitzvah. It is an ongoing process that God wants to do on the inside of every man and every woman. Go to Genesis 32. Genesis chapter 32 look at verse 24 And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day And when he saw that he prevailed not against him he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him And he said let me go for the day breaketh and he said i will not let thee go except thou bless me And he said unto him what is thy name he said Jacob And he said thy name shall called no more Jacob but Israel, for you are a prince that has power with God, power with many, and you have prevailed. Here we see the story of Jacob about a man. Jacob was left alone. I found out the day that I got born again, I was left alone. A lot of the people that I ran with at that time who were doing the same things didn't really want to call me to do the same things anymore. I found myself all by myself. But the problem was when I was all by myself, I was never all by myself. Because there was this voice on the inside of me, this tugging on the inside of me, this, this trying to deal with who I am and deal with the problems that I had. It was on the inside of me, and it was getting louder and louder, so I tried to stay busy. I figured the more I could stay around people and the more I could be close to them, the more, more I could keep things going. That's why some men are so busy, why they don't want to get quiet enough for what's on the inside of them to start to work on the inside of them. Even you're alone, you're never alone. Doesn't matter. There's somebody there who's always doing that. God did not want to leave me the way that I was people told me, well, you got the Holy Ghost now. He's going to comfort you. I found out that's true, but he more wanted to confront me. He wanted to confront my life, what I was doing, where I was alone. So basically here it says, and there wrestled a man with him. God will wrestle with you if you give him an opportunity. He's going to show you that you're wasting your time as a man or a woman. He's going to show that you're not really plugged into a church. He's going to show you that you're not the same little problem child that you've been your entire life. He's going to show you that you're not really taking the word seriously or your prayer time seriously. He's going to show you that you're settling for what you have and where you are right now, and that's the only place you want to go. The Holy Ghost knows in your life that as years go by, time is running out. He wants to save your destiny. He wants you to fulfill the purpose that you were put here for and called. The Holy Ghost will not allow you to be held hostage as a boy with the excuses that you've had for many years. He's going to start to wrestle with you. He's not going to put a Band-Aid on your hurts. He's not going to put some ointment on your hurts. He's going to get you to see it. He's going to get you to repent. He's going to get you to forgive. And He's going to get you to move on to a due place. God wants to intervene before you lose your job before you lose your family and wife, before your dignity and your future and your joy leave you. If you continue to resist, time is running out. Notice here it says the breaking of the day. If the breaking of the day starts to come until Jacob's thigh was put out of joint, God basically crippled Jacob. What did he do? He slowed him down. I found out when God crippled me, I finally determined that I couldn't handle it myself, that I didn't know everything that I didn't know how to be a good husband that well. I didn't know how to be a good father that well. Oh, I thought I had it all figured out because I was supposed to be a man. But the world had adopted the way that I think and the way that I do things. And I'm watching the world fall apart in front of me, yet I'm trying to adopt the same things that they were doing. So I started to listen to the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, if you continue down the road, you, you will after you get limped a little bit, your marriage will be crippled. Your finances will become crippled. Your friend's relationship will become crippled. Soon I got to a place where it was, help me. Lord, I need some help. Maybe I'm not doing things right. Maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I don't know what's going on. And I had to dig up some of those things that gave me an excuse to stay where I was at. My sister was in an automobile accident when I was 19, and she was severely injured. And I can stay where I'm at because God did that. It was his fault to do it. I could get mad because my favorite uncle died at 40 of cancer, who I was really close with. That gave me an excuse to be who I was and be angry and be where I was at. But the Holy Ghost wouldn't let alone. He just kept coming and just kept coming and just kept showing to a point where I started to have a when moment. Things started to change in my life. I went from being a child when I become a man. I was in the W-H-E-N of my life at that time. God was changing the way that I did things, the way that I talked, the way that I walked, the way that I understood. Here it says, I'll not let you go until you bless me. Pretty soon I got to a place where I said, God, you ain't leaving me till you bless me. You ain't leaving me till you, my marriage becomes what you want my marriage to be. You're not leaving me till my life becomes what you want it to be. My finances, what they want it to be. I'm not letting go of you until you get me to the place where I need to be in my life, praise God. I'm not gonna let go until you bless me, praise God. And how many know the devil doesn't want your when experience? He wants to give you a thousand excuses to not go with when. But what did I do? I also saw myself. Holy Spirit said, what is your name? I said, Jacob. You said you're not a liar anymore. You're not a cheat anymore. You're not a hurt person anymore. You're not all these things anymore. Let Amen. me know you who you are. You are Israel. Amen. You are a prince. You are a man of God. You are built for this time and this day to do whatever I need to be done. Basically, he was telling me that I was someone who I did not know. He got rid of my past hurts in my life. He got rid of my love for men in my life. He got rid of man's opinion in my life. The only thing that meant anymore was God's opinion in my life. So I went from maybe W to H to E, and now maybe I'm on N in my life. I'm down to the N of the when, praise God, letting God do whatever he wants to do in my life. Do I wish I'd have known all this stuff 30 years ago? Dang, right I do. Dang right I do. But I was doing the best that I could at that time. And in the midst of my when I was growing, did I do some things right? Yes. Did I do some things wrong? Yes. But don't let anything hold you back from the when that God wants to do in your life. Whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, God wants to operate and do something in your life. He wants to convince you that wrestle with you to you understand that you are an Israel. Praise God. You are not who people have told you, you are. You have been raised and seated in heavenly places. And as a man, it doesn't matter what the commercial says about you. It doesn't matter what the devil says about you. It doesn't matter what the protesters say about you. It matters what God God says about you in your life, and that's all that makes the difference. So we're all in the middle of a when experience. Say, I'm in the middle of a when experience. All right, go to First Samuel 17. When I think of a when experience, I think of Jesus, but I also think of someone that I can relate to a little bit more like a human being. And I think David probably went through the most of his when experience while he was here. He's someone who I study, he's someone who I look at for manhood, because he acted like a man in many areas of his life. Look at first Samuel seventeen, verse thirty four. And David said unto Saul, thy servant, who kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard. I smote him and I slew him. I mean, know that's pretty good. David had discovered manhood. If you read about David, he cried. He laughed. He was real with God. He worshiped. Some people believe it's translated that he worshiped so hard that he worshiped right out of his clothes. David did a lot of things that are only acceptable to women women's job to do that women should cry women should worship w- women should lift their hands women men, men don't do that stuff because we men see we're men but notice basically the bible says that David had a heart after God yes. that's what I want I want to have a heart after God not after man's world not after examples of man's world but after a God man himself so here was David what was he called to do 10 sheep How I mean you know that's not really a wonderful thing to do so whatever your job is, is probably better than chasing sheep around someplace. But he tended sheep in the natural realm. But notice, when he needed supernatural power, when one of those sheep was taken, he received it from God. And he went out and he caught that lion and he ripped his mouth open and he tore him to shreds. Why? Because he was a man doing his ordinary stuff, going through his slow wind that he was going through. But when he needed power, it was there because he was still in line with God, making the changes that need to do. He had become a man. He'd put away childish things. David basically had a heart after God. Look at verse 27. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that kills, talking about Goliath. And Eli- Eliab, his eldest brother, Heard what he had said to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why do you come down here? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your haughtiness of heart, and I've come down that you might see battle here. Notice, David comes to Goliath, and when every other man at that time was still a child running from Goliath, David stepped forth and says, What do I get? Hallelujah. How many you know he was thinking different? What do I get if I kill this giant? What do I get if I cut his head off? And notice the ones who did not want to go through a when experience came against him in his own family. Those around him came against him because they were content in their non wenness They were content being a little child in a man's body, never growing up, never doing anything. But David wouldn't quit there. David was growing up. David said, what the heck do I get in this situation if I get there and I cut this guy's head off? Even though he had no one to follow him. Now, watch his thoughts, watch his actions, watch what he says. Verse 45. And David said to the Philistine, Goliath, Thou comest at me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come at thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou defiles. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. I will smite thee, I will take your head off, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God where... In Israel. Now there's an adjustment there. You see a regular man. You see someone who's not grown up. You see someone who's not had a one experience. What do they do? Oh, oh, he's so big. This problem's so big. I can't deal with it anymore. I can't do it anymore. But David gets up and he declares what he's gonna do. He went into man, he's thinking different, he's understanding different, he's talking different because he went through a man experience, and that man experience has basically changed him for the way that it is. God wants us to become warriors, he wants us to become prophetic. He wants us to become bold. He wants us to chop down anything that's in the way of your full wind that you spend time with the Holy Ghost and the Word. Only through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God will you have a when experience. You can hide from it as long as you want. You can dodge it as long as you want. But God's going to try to make you be real sooner or later. I mean, let's just say this. Who are you? Who are you apart from your job? Who are you apart from your bank account? Who are you when no one else is around and it's just you? Who are you? Are you still that holy man of God when you're in church? Are you still that? I mean, where are you? No, just who are you when you're all by yourself and it's just you? What do you think of you? Because that's what's going to make a difference, see? There's going to come a day when you can't fake it anymore. When that anger is going to build up on the inside of you and pretty soon somebody's going to beat their wife and wonder what happened in that moment. It's because the anger had been pushed down and pushed down and pushed down and the Holy Ghost couldn't deal with it. And we didn't want to have a win experience. We wanted to stay like a child and be like a child. Oh, they hurt me. Oh, they did this. Oh, I hate I don't go to church anymore because that church hurt me and that church hurt me. And that and that pastor said this, and that pastor, all those are wind stoppers. And they need to be removed from your life. And the Holy Spirit of God wants us to go further. In my life, one of the greatest desires that I have and I pray all the time is I want to be an example to the next generation. I want my sons, I want my daughters and my family now to see a man who enjoys manhood. A man who's happy with manhood. A man who lives life free and lives like on top and lives successful. I don't want to be an example of another one who gets up and goes to work and comes home and goes to bed and sleeps and growls every now and then. That's it. I don't want to be that example. I want to be an example for the young men in here. I want to be an example for my other two daughters in here. That there are men out there who want to grow into that place of being a man. And those are the kind of men you need. You need a win man. Yeah. Not a childhood man. Oh, I love you so much. You go to church? No. No. You love Jesus somewhat. Bye bye. Yes. See in the funny pages. Move on. You don't belong here. You've never even started a win experience. So I want to be an example of a good marriage. I want to be an example of a happy man. I want to be an example. And for you women too. I mean, you need to check yourself. Where are you at? I used to have the little girl that used to go like this <laughs> when she didn't get what she wants. But now you use a silent treatment. I'll show you a thing or two. And he's saying, praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, are you the one who as a little girl you can manipulate your parents? Me, me, I want them. And they'd get it for you because, and now you're older, now you're manipulating everybody around you, your husband, the people that you work with, everybody else. You stood out in manipulation. Or are you going to let the one experience take place in your life? where the Holy Ghost roots these things out there, the more when you go through the freer you get in every single area of your life you're free of the chaos going on in the earth realm you're free of everybody everybody else thinks you can just continue to go freely Hallelujah! Hallelujah. now men where's your envelope hold it up for me in that when envelope there is an invitation by the Holy Ghost to have lunch with you He wants to have a when lunch with you. He wrote it in there. It's in there. So in the next week, you've got to find time to go someplace, some restaurant, have lunch, just you and him. Women, I want you to be accountable. If you have a husband, you kick their butt out of the house for one night. I don't care if they go to Sonny's. I don't care if they go to Burger King. I don't care where they go, but they go and they just spend one meal with the Holy Ghost. And no excuse, I've put $10 in every envelope to pay for your lunch. The Holy Ghost said his is free, so the $10 is just yours. It's just for you so that you can have lunch there. I've been praying ever since I got this several weeks ago. I have been believing that this one-on-one quiet thing that takes place when you go to eat, that you're going to hear the Holy Ghost's voice louder than you've ever heard it before in your life. He is going to challenge you. He is going to confront you. He is going to try to show you basically where the changes need. Not because he's mad, not because he don't care, because he wants all that you have. He wants to fulfill your when. He wants you to fulfill your life, to fulfill your purposes that needs to be done now. God needs men in this hour real men not men not boys hidden inside of a man's body just because you're 50 60 70 years old not because you put a bumper sticker on your car that says real men love jesus No, but there's been a change on the inside of you, and you know what a real man is, and you can be real with the people around you. You can be real with your wife. You can be real with your kids. You can be real with everybody. The greatest wins that ever happened to me is I can be whoever I am in church. I don't have to get behind the pulpit and wear some kind of uniform and and some kind of collar to where I'm holier and thou and everything. I can just be me, praise God. I can just talk the way I want to talk, be what I want to talk. If you see me here or you see me there, you're going to see the same person because that's who I am. I've got free from trying to make people like me, not like me, love me, not like me. It's not worth it, praise God. God wants to do a when in your life. You young women, praise God, there's a wonderful opportunity for you to grow right now. You're so young. My gosh, if I was 18, 19 when I knew the Lord, it wasn't until I was 30. Before I even knew the Lord, before I even got born again, before I even started my when. But you got so many years ahead. Young men, young women, the Cody's in here, the Christians in here. You you get when you're when with the Holy Ghost, He's gonna show you, He's gonna get the things out of you that don't need to be in there. You will be one powerful source in just a few years, praise God in your life. And that's what God wants on Father Day. He wants real men. He wants happy men. He wants joyful men. He wants men who are living on top the way they're supposed to be living on top. But it's all up to you. I've given you the invitation. I've written it out. I've given you ten whole dollars to spend, and Burger King will even get change. My God, you can take it home with you and do whatever you want with it. But I would ask you this week to be serious about it, to do it, to get alone, to go. Order what you want leave the Holy Ghost to sit sitting there let him talk to you and let him change your life in the areas of your life and I guarantee you we've got men already who are in the when here but it is going to speed up drastically this week hallelujah yes, yes, yes. glory to God hallelujah that's hallelujah. it praise God hallelujah. all right I want to pray I just want to pray here hallelujah. father I thank you for the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the spirit of God that you've given each man and each woman in here father everybody's heart that was touched desiring a when experience you promised me they would get one I thank you that as they go out for lunch, that, that will be the start of it. After that, no matter what they're doing, where they're going, you will be their priority. They will hear your voice loud and clear every single day of their life. Father, take them by the W. Take them by the H. Take them by the E. Get them all the way to the end in this day and this hour. And I thank you for real men of God who are ready to confront the enemy, to walk in victory, to be examples for those who are coming behind us, Lord. And I thank you for what you did this morning. Seal it in their hearts right now. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right.